Good morning and welcome once again to In Focus. I'm John Sims and joining us this morning, Jackie Clay, CEO of the East Texas Human Needs Network, popularly known as Ethan. Good morning, Jackie. Good Great to morning. have you with us. Thank you for the opportunity. Sure thing. Don't forget In Focus is available online. Just go to ktbb.com slash In Focus. In Focus is uploaded to our website by the day after the show airs. Jackie, you're not a complete newcomer to the show. Uh, you and Doug McSwain from the Behavioral Health Leadership Team, which is a close affiliate of Ethan, were on the show a few months back. And uh, over the years, we've done a number of shows with your predecessor, the now retired Christina Tolliver, who actually um, got the uh, East Texas Human Needs Network up and going a little over 10 years ago. Hard to believe it's been that long. But um, anyway, welcome back. Great to have you with us. And let's start by telling us a little bit about yourself, how you uh, came to be a part of Ethan. I know you're a native of Tennessee, and um, uh, you can kind of take it from there. Yes. Uh, well, I'm a social worker by training. I have a master's degree in social work with a concentration in nonprofit management. I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Went to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Uh, I've been working in nonprofit management for about 20 years in some capacity and I fell in love with the mission of Ethan when I read about it and decided that I needed to be in whatever community was doing that I was just um, moved by the idea of so many organizations working together for a common mission I'd never seen it actually work before I'd only read about uh, communities uh, focusing on collaborative action so I applied for the position and Christina invited me to take take her place and I'm just honored and can't be happier about moving to Tyler. So you have actually been in Tyler, I believe, since October. You took over, I believe, January 1 as the CEO of the, the Human Needs Network. And how's the experience been for you? From what I can gather, it's been pretty much everything you expected and then some. It has. Uh, my husband and I moved here at the end of October. Christina was gracious enough to let me shadow her for a few months before she retired. So I spent the month of, uh, of uh, November and December learning from her and meeting people finding out who does what so that when january 1 came we were able to make a smooth transition mm -hmm. uh, i'll go ahead and jump right in here with the usual disclaimer i am a member of ethan and uh have not been able to attend any of the meetings unfortunately for quite some time but have maintained that connection and just wanted to make sure that everybody knew that I, I guess I'm not a totally impartial observer, but uh, I don't, uh, I, you know, given the work that you do, I think it's, it, it, it all may be, it, it, well, as they say, it's all good. So let's go ahead and get down to the brass tacks here. Uh, the East Texas Human Needs Network, the, the title alone speaks for itself in a large way, but tell us a little bit more about actually uh, who, uh, what Ethan is and what it seeks to do on a day-in, day-out basis. Mm -hmm. Well, we are a nonprofit organization. Uh, we were formed in 2012. We are a network of over 100, and our 100 members represent nonprofit organizations, schools, churches, business, local governments, and concerned citizens and we all work together to make sure that our neighbors who have needs ha get those needs addressed yes and uh, obviously the Tyler Smith County area and if you stretch it into other areas Longview uh, mm -hmm. Jacksonville Athens uh, mm -hmm. just any of the surrounding community there are just so many nonprofit organizations here of course your focus is Smith County but um, uh, if I remember correctly 
the idea behind all of this was to get these non in large part to get these nonprofits working more closely together, coordinate efforts and actually expand and improve the efforts to serve the people who are that are in need in the Tyler Smith County area. Correct. Yes, you're exactly right. And uh, moving along with that and expounding on it just a bit here, you have your own set of uh, values, you have a vision, you have a mission. Let's just kind of um, talk a little bit about that and specifically what your vision, your mission, and your values are. Sure. So we believe that given the opportunities, every individual uh, can live well. And so we want to work together for strengthened programs, for connection and improved awareness about services that meet human needs. We really value the voice of individuals in need. We think it's important to listen to them because they will tell you what it is they need and that whatever programs and services we offer should be based around their specified needs uh, and that together, as a collective, we can work to create those programs and services that meet those needs. All righty, that sums it up pretty nicely here in the early going. I'm John Sims. This is In Focus, and we're talking to Jackie Clay, the CEO of the East Texas Human Needs Network. And in case um, you're listening and you're already thinking, hey, how can I be a part of this? Well, it's easy to do. Membership is free, mm-hmm. and your website is ethnn.org. That's ethnn.org. You have a phone number, 903-216-3211. And just from looking at my notes, I understand that if people want to email, they can email you directly. They can email me directly, uh, Jackie at Ethan.org. That's J-A-C-K-I-E at E-T-H-N-N.org. Mm-hmm. And if you go to that website or talk to Jackie or email her or make that phone call, you're fi- you'll find that there are just a lot of different opportunities to be involved. You have monthly meetings. You have six separate councils that uh, break out and have meetings during those monthly sessions. And there are other opportunities, other activities that we'll talk about during the show today. But for starters... Uh, well, not exactly for starters. We're six minutes into the show, but uh, just get, getting a little bit deeper into it right now. Three areas of focus, and the first of those would be collective action. Tell us a little bit about what that means and how you uh, operate under the auspices of collective action. Well, we believe that we are stronger together and that any work that we do uh, needs to be done as a collective. Uh, We believe that in order for us to work collectively, we need to be informed. So we share information. We educate ourselves about what services and programs are already in place. And then because we value the voice of the individuals in need, we also conduct research. Um, Every three years, we we conduct something called a comprehensive community needs assessment. Mm Mm-hmm. We have uh, member organizations who agree to be sites, and we have a survey that we've uh, created in partnership with some professors at the University of Texas at Tyler, and we ask folks what their most pressing needs are. With that information, we start to um, talk about projects that we can work on together to address those needs at our Ethan meetings that we have every month. So 
it's really led and guided by the voice that we hear from the Comprehensive Community Needs Assessment, and we formulate all of our projects and activities around that data. All of your projects and activities are formulated around that data. That's important because it tells us that the Comprehensive Community Needs Assessment done every three years is at the very heart of what Ethan is all about. Um, now, you, uh, you've listed a date of November 2022. Is that when the actual process of doing the Comprehensive Community Needs Assessment will kick off, or is it maybe at least in the preliminary stages already underway in some form? We actually started formulating our questions and putting together our team at the end of July. Uh, we've got a draft of the survey, uh, which we will be presenting to our Ethan body at our upcoming meeting on September the 20th. And then we will have folks there agree to be survey sites and we will be administering the survey end of October into early November. So we have been working on this for several months, but we won't actually be out in the sites until end of October, early November. Okay, and then the results will be presented in December or thereabouts? We'll present the results early next year. We intend to have a summit and we will share the information at a luncheon and after the luncheon we will post all of the data on our website right now you can find data from our comprehensive community needs assessments from 2013 2016 and 2019. Mm -hmm. so you've been doing this almost since the beginning actually um, who it helps individuals in poverty along with social service organizations and government so a lot of beneficiaries to this process uh, tell us a little bit about how it helps. There are several points that uh, I know you want to make about that. Well, one of the ways it has helped our organizations is in applying for grant funding. Once we know more about the spe specific needs of our neighbors, um, it's pretty easy to make the case for um, a request for additional grant dollars. So we've been able to bring more grant money into our community. We've also worked with Tyler Transit and they were able to add a bus stop uh -huh. uh, on one of the routes based hmm. on information that we gained from the Comprehensive Community Needs Assessment. Um, it also shows us where there may be some gaps in services. Right. And and so then we can talk about ways that we can work together to, to fill those gaps. Um, so, it, you know, it helps us out in so many different ways. Mm -hmm, okay. Jackie Clay, CEO of the East Texas Human Needs Network, our guest this morning on In Focus. I'm John Sims. And um, some interesting points here. Low-income neighbors, it'll be uh, done at local churches and social, social services organizations. It, it's about, it takes about 45 minutes to complete the survey. And here's something interesting. There's an incentive to complete the survey, a $20 bill. We are excited about this. We've never been able to offer an incentive before, but we were really blessed to get um, some grant, a, a donation from Brookshire's. Um, they gave us $5,000, and we're going to use that for gift cards to give $20, and Brookshire's 
gift cards for every person that completes the survey. Very interesting. Uh, coming up not too long after that, um, when is it, January, February? I know sometime during the um, uh, in, during the midwinter months, you do your point-in-time homeless count. This has been going on for a number of years. Let's get up to date on that, recap how that works, and uh, what you seek to find out by doing that homeless count. We conducted the point in time count earlier this year in February, and what it does is it helps us get a, an accurate picture of how many sheltered and unsheltered homeless folks live in Smith County. Uh -huh. So we had volunteers who actually went to the shelters and also some who went out to um, popular homeless encampments talking to individuals who have homelessness as their experience. Um, this past year, we were able to count 263 homeless individuals in Smith County. Um, most of them are, are individuals who are chronically homeless, but we had a good portion of those um, were homeless families. Okay. Single moms, mostly. Yeah, uh, I, I've heard over and over again, and I think a lot of our other listeners have as well, that homelessness is not what it may appear. A lot of people who seem to be living a normal life may be one paycheck or one step away from homelessness. So it affects a lot more people or has the potential to affect a lot more people than, than folks realize. So uh, if you conducted your point-in-time homeless count in February 2022, I guess you have another one coming up in February 2023. Are you in the process of preparing for that now, or is it, does that come a little bit later? It comes a little bit later, but I'm really grateful to say that uh, PATH has been really instrumental in, in helping us to conduct our, uh, our point-in-time homeless count. Um, their executive director, Andrea, is just amazing. Mm -hmm. She does a great job of coordinating volunteers and getting people excited about interacting with our homeless neighbors and also connecting them with available services in the community. We don't want to just go out and count them, but we also make them aware about opportunities for them to transition to permanent housing yes. if that's their desire. Mm -hmm. And if anybody was listening to the show a couple of weeks ago, you heard Andrea because it was PATH Week and mm -hmm. uh, you had a chance to learn a little bit more about that great agency. Uh, uh, Data-informed projects and events as we move on here. You have six councils. Your monthly meetings are the third Tuesday from 1.30 until 3 in the afternoon at Tyler Junior College, I believe, in the uh, uh, Rogers Nursing Center. Um, and uh, basically, uh, tell us a little bit about how these meetings work. I understand you meet as a full group for a while, once a month, and then you break out into the six councils, and they have their own individual meetings. If you can tell us a little bit about how that works, beyond what I just explained, and uh, also what the this, this, this six different councils are and what their responsibilities are. Okay, great. So, yes, the full body of Ethan meets on the third Tuesday of every month from 1.30 to 3. It's a power-packed hour and a half. During that time, we normally have uh, some about 15 minutes for networking, chatting with each other, building relationships, and then three of our members will make a five-minute presentation. It's the way that we stay informed about who's doing what. Um, and then after our presentations, we break into our councils, uh, health, behavioral health, education, transportation, employment, and housing. And it's in those breakout sessions where the groups are working on their particular projects. And we've been really um, moving forward this year. We've had a disability awareness lunch and learn to increase people's empathy towards our neighbors who might have different 
uh, physical abilities. We've also, uh, and that was through our health council, our behavioral health council earlier this year in May had a campaign called I'm Okay. Uh, We found out from our comprehensive community needs assessment that depression and anxiety and mental health in general is a real top is one of the top five needs so they uh, wanted to let people know how to connect with behavioral health services in the community as well as uh, try to reduce the stigma around um, having um, behavioral health or substance use disorder issues so the messaging was it's okay to not be okay Um, And if you're not okay, here are some available behavioral health providers that might be able to help you. They directed folks to Mm 903help.org. Which we'll be talking about Mm -hmm. a little bit later in the show. Just to interrupt very briefly Mm -hmm. here and remind everybody that uh, you're listening to In Focus. I'm John Sims. Jackie Clay of the East Texas Human Needs Network, also known as Ethan, is our guest this morning. And uh, you can learn more by going to that website, ethnn.org. Phone number is 903-216-3211. Or you can email Jackie directly, Jackie at ET org, But that aside, continue, and I think maybe we'd gotten down to the uh, education piece. We have. Uh, our education council is, um, we've just gotten two new chairs for that, co-chairs for that council. So they are in the beginning stages of thinking through what their project will be for the remainder of this year and into 2023. Uh-huh. But our employment council is currently working on a job resource fair. And our housing council is working on a program called One Night Without a Home. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to take place November 3rd of this year. And what we hope to do is to um, increase people's empathy towards our neighbors who experience homelessness by inviting them to spend one night outside. Uh-huh. And so for one night, they'll get to see what it, what it's like to be unsheltered. Yeah. And then the next day, they will share their experience and also hear stories from people who either are currently homeless or who transitioned from homelessness to permanent housing. Yeah, that's something you've been doing pretty much from the beginning. I can mm-hmm. remember one or two of the early One Night Without a Home events, and uh, it really does serve in a unique way to bring that awareness home to people and definitely no pun intended it, it, to uh, make people more aware of uh, just the issues that folks face when they don't have anywhere to go i had a just last week someone said that they had participated a number of years ago and that it was so cold they couldn't stay outside the whole night yeah and so she left from that experience thinking if you can't even handle it one night imagine doing it for years mm-hmm that says so much right there. Thank you. Uh, you have one task force right now, and this is the Economic Well-Being Task Force. And this is something that I think really kind of kicked into high gear earlier this year when you had the well-known economic expert, Ray Perryman, very familiar to Tylerites, uh, comes here every year to talk to the Tyler Area Chamber and Tyler Economic Development Council. And you had him in for a special uh, session a few months ago. And uh, now you have an economic well-being task force up and going. And one of the key items, if not the key item, if I understand correctly, as part of that task force is 
payday loans, an issue that kind of seems to come and go in the media, but it's uh, an ongoing issue for a lot of folks who are uh, ec- economically strapped. And actually, uh, we're talking the negative effects of payday and title loans. Mm-hmm. Give us a little bit of a thumbnail on that issue and what you're doing to address it right now in Tyler Smith County. Okay. Uh, so our three focus areas are uh, collective action uh, and poverty education and then 903help.org and the work that we're doing around payday and title lending um, squarely falls into our poverty education and poverty alleviation focus Uh and so one of the things we wanted to do is see just how much these types of loans are affecting our local community. We reached out to Dr. Perryman and he showed us that every year because of these kinds of loans, our area loses 151 jobs. Wow. It's kind of hard to go to work when your car has been repossessed. But he also showed us that every year because of these types of loans, $32 million doesn't stay in our community. Mm -hmm. It goes off to some corporate headquarters. Mm. And so when people are paying 500% interest on a loan, they're not going to the local shops. They're not going to see a play with their family. They're not going out to eat. So that's money that's not circulating in our community because people don't have that disposable income. Um, So it was really enlightening for him to show us in numbers how many jobs are lost and how much money flows out of our community. And then we took it a step further and Ethan surveyed 121 individuals who've taken out taken out payday and title, loan com- uh, title loans. And we asked them a couple of things, but we wanted to know why folks were taking out those kinds of loans. And by and large, they were taking them out because they needed uh, basic uh, rent, food, utilities, basic living expenses. They were short on their car payment and needed a, a few dollars t- until their next paycheck. So they weren't taking out the loans for frivolous needs. They were taking them out to make their money stretch until right. they got some more income. And um, so we we thought, well, we need we need to do something. We need to work together. Number one, to address policies that can reform or create a baseline for fairness uh-huh. for how these kinds of lenders operate. And there are forty six cities in Texas that have passed a unified ordinance to address uh, payday and title loan companies, um, primarily. Um, it asked them to um, reduce the number of times a person can renew before they actually start paying down their principal. Um, it also asked for them to post information around their place of business about their, their interest in fees. And it also asked them to register with the city so that if someone wants to file a complaint, they can do it uh, with the city. Okay. Um, I kind of want to jump in here. We uh, have to uh, watch our time, and there are some other things that we want to discuss, and this is all very interesting. But uh, as I understand it, this is a work in progress Mm -hmm. as far as the uh, um, uh, payday loans 
and just the, the whole issue of employment. Uh, one of the things that jumps out at me is there is a, a East Texas Council of Governments Community Loan Center people can use as an alternative to payday lending. And uh, you're also uh, looking at financial empowerment services, offering financial coaching, things like that, getting to connecting people to community asset building and financial empowerment resources and programs. So there are things that you're already doing but it is a work in progress, and you're just kind of moving forward. And I guess really the focus right now, if there's one specific focus, is to look at getting that ordinance written up and passed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and so the focus for us would really be the three, the policy, which would be the ordinance, the products, which are the alternatives right. to payday loans. And then the third would be uh, the financial empowerment, because we believe in order for any of this to work, people need to be educated and equipped with the tools they need to become financially stable. Very good. Talking to Jackie Clay with the East Texas Human Needs Network this morning on In Focus. I'm John Sims. A couple of other things we want to cover. Uh, and then maybe a few other bits and pieces along the way as time permits understanding poverty and we've already touched on this a bit but there are a couple of things that you do you have a bridges out of poverty there was a workshop held just this past week on that effort and then the poverty simulations if you can just briefly explain how those work and how people might get involved in those Mm -hmm. so our uh, we use a bridges framework and uh, bridges was created by dr ruby Payne, but it gives us a shared lens to use when we're talking about how to alleviate poverty and how um, we can work together to alleviate poverty so the bridges out of poverty workshop it's an interactive workshop but it it, it encourages people to reflect on their ideals about poverty mm-hmm. and how um, our ideas about poverty differ based on the class we were born into. Um, and then it gives people some strategies that they can use to build relationships with individuals who might have poverty as their lived experience. Uh-huh. Our poverty simulation uh, is different because it's experiential. So we have people who volunteer and they may act as a banker or a lender or a service provider. And individuals go throughout a month in the life of an individual or a family who is in poverty. And so they have to budget their money and they have to take their kids to school and they have to go visit the bank. And at the end of it, they get to share with us what it was like to be under pressure and have limited resources. Jackie Clay with the East Texas Human Needs Network, our guest this morning on In Focus. I'm John Sims. More information, hit that website, ethnn.org, a wealth of information there. I wanted to clear something up I said a few minutes ago. We were talking about Ray Perryman and the mm-hmm. whole payday loan issue, and I think I used the term um, employment, and I actually meant to say that that comes under the auspices of economic well-being, and I think this is a good time to bring that up because it ties right in it does. Uh, with uh, the poverty piece and really with everything that you do uh, through the East Texas Human Needs Network. And uh, one of the newer things that's just gone up, I think, within the last three or four years, 903help.org. This is an online tool designed to connect your neighbors with local events and services that that they might find helpful or might actually be in a dire need of. You're right. Most of the time, what we find is that folks don't know about the services that exist. So a lot of the times, the, the for instance, the people who are taking out the payday loans for their u- utilities and their rent and their food, 
um, it's quite possible that they didn't know that they could go to a local food bank to get food. Mm -hmm. It's quite possible they didn't know that they could call PATH to see if they would qualify for rent assistance um, or get CAP to get utility assistance. So what we try to do with 903help.org is connect individuals with the services that they need. Uh, If you go to 903help.org, we have a four county area and you can search by county, you can search by need, Mm -hmm. or you can search by keywords. So you can go to 903help.org and you can type rent into the search engine and organizations that help with rent will come up and you can print off uh, the list of Mm -hmm. organizations and give them a call to see if they might be able to help you. And I understand you've had a lot of success with that, by the way. And um, we're getting close to the end of the show. And uh, one of the things that Jackie and I were chatting about before we went to air this morning is there's just so much going on with Ethan. It's hard to squeeze it all into a half an hour, but I hope that we've uh, made some headway along those lines. And I think what we may need to do right now is just, again, repeat that website, ethnn.org, phone number 903-216-3211, email is jackie at ethnn.org. And uh, again, your Ethan meetings, the third Tuesday of every month, 1.30 to 3 p.m. at the TJC College of Nursing, and those include the meetings of the individual councils. You can register on the website, sign up for the email list, bring business cards for that networking time, which is all important. And uh, there is just so, so much more. But um, another thing that's important to remember, you're a 501c3 organization and people can donate to you. You need those financial resources and there's a donate button on your website. And people can volunteer as well. They can not only be members of Ethan, but they can volunteer for events, specifically the poverty simulation, I think is one that you specifically want to get the word out about. Yes, it takes about 20 to 25 volunteers to make a poverty simulation come alive. Um, And typically we have 40 to 80 participants so if anybody is interested you can go to our website you can fill out an interest form we'd be grateful to have you volunteer with us you bet and that is about all the time we have but jackie clay it's been great visiting with you it's always great to learn about what your organization and your uh Uh, the organizations under your auspices are involved with and uh, how much you're doing and how much more it looks like you're going to be doing as the years go by and your organization continues to grow. Jackie Clay, East Texas Human Needs Network, thank you so much again for coming and sharing with us today. Thank you for the opportunity. You bet. Again, Jackie Clay, East Texas Human Needs Network, our guest this morning on In Focus. I'm John Sims. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you again next week on In Focus.